Hey guys, this is my league. This is the My Taught You podcast. We are still warming up and I appreciate all of the love that you have shared with me via social, via my email inbox. I really love doing this with you. The warming up has been fun. I find myself getting nervous sometimes. I find myself stumbling around and that is what I want to do because I don't want to get into this mode where I feel like I got everything and that I don't have to warm up and I don't have to find my way after years off. And so whatever it is that you decide you want to do, you want to start for the first time or return to, go ahead and warm up, do what you have to do. So today we are going to talk about six things that have been on my mind. This is a list that I wrote in my community. I have a community, my leaking mamas, where I kind of just wake up some days and share what's on my mind. In addition to talking about parenting, I also talk about just sort of things I've noticed. And so the things I'm going to share are some of the things I've noticed, you know, over the last few years, either from a distance or in my real life. Um, we'll go through these. And at the end of the podcast, I really do hope that you will tag me in something, shoot me a note, tell me what you think about some of these things, because I'd love to keep this conversation going. So we're not going to do a lot of buildup today. We're just going to get right down to it. The first thing that I have noticed <clears throat> is people waiting in the wrong line. My leak, what are you talking about? So you ever walk up to an event or a restaurant or something and there's just a massive line, a concert, there's just a massive line and you just kind of notice people just sort of flowing from the parking lot or flowing from the street and they just kind of merge into the line. I noticed this when I went to the Beyonce concert, there were so many different lines and there were some empty lanes, you know, too. And without even thinking, people just walked up to some of these lines. And I just thought to myself, they're not even bothering. People are willing to spend minutes, hours standing in line, not even being certain that they're in the right line. And I thought about that because the way this applies to life is some people are standing in the wrong lines of life. I think about career, love, friendship, anything. You get in the line and you wait slowly to get to the front only to learn that you've been in the wrong line for years. Now, I need you to start asking the people around you if you are in the right line. You know, is this the right job? Is this the right relationship? Is this the right city? You know, and so I need you to step out of the line. I need you to talk to the people around you to hold your space. And when I was thinking about this, I was like, even if somebody won't hold your space, right? Let's just say no one will hold your space while you get out of the line. The few people that get in front of you in the wrong line won't matter, right? And so that was just my thought is that really think about where you're standing in line and don't just sort of blindly merge into this long line and spend too much time realizing you're not in the right one. 
Now, I will say this. I don't want you to feel like you don't ever have to wait in line. There are times that we will wait in line, but I need you to be sure you are in the right one. Okay. All right. Number two, trying too hard to be cool and not cringe. Be cringe. If you need to add a disclaimer before you decide to do your thing and go for it, we have got to get out of the too school, too cool for school bucket. We have got to get out of that. You don't want to call because you think it's too early or it's too late, or you don't want to email right back because you don't want to seem too pressed. Let other people manage their boundaries and take action in your life. I know that sometimes we don't want to do these things because we fear rejection. I get it. I've been there. We've talked about this before. It's time to find some coping strategies. What are some healthy coping strategies that you can enlist when it's time for you to get out of your comfort zone? When I have to ask a big question that could lead to some rejection that I know I'm not going to like, I have a little ritual that I do that I'm going to share with you. I type up the email. And I send it at a time when I can close my laptop and not look at my email for a few hours so that I can wait for that sort of edge to come down. Sometimes I'll take a soothing bath or I'll go for a walk. I'll make a cup of green tea. I'll pour some non-alcoholic wine. Whatever it is, I need to move my body around and not let those feelings paralyze me. And I have found that by... Being able to like breathe through that, do the hard thing, I sort of create a soft landing, you know, for a potential no or some rejection, right? Another sort of coping strategy that I have is that I put on my imaginary rejection jacket. (laughs) I pretend that I'm just like wrapping this... This imaginary coat is leather, by the way. It's like, it's leather and it's spiky. And I pretend that this coat protects me from nose. You know, people can say it, but I don't feel it. I call, you know, I call it my risk wear. If the person says no, I just put my jacket on and I will risk it all somewhere else. All right. Number three, asking for a boatload of help all at once. Now, I am all for asking for help, especially after having two kids reasonably close together. I have had no choice sometimes. I have just had to be like, help me. Um, One time this year, and I don't know if I shared this with you guys, probably not because I haven't podcasted, but I had one, um, I had one resolution for the year and that was to get to know my next door neighbor. I moved to this house a few years ago and it was the height of COVID and even still it's kind of just, you know, not, it's not like my last neighbor neighborhood where everybody was really tight and close. And I just was like, you know, I just didn't feel good about not knowing the person that lived next door to me at all. And so I shot her 
an e I shot her a text, you know, on New Year's Day and it was like, Happy New Year. I've got one resolution this year and it's to get to know you better. And she loved it. She is an older woman. Um, she's a, she's an older widow and her son lives out of the country. And so we have had coffee. We've gone for walks. We actually have, we're going to culminate our year of getting to know each other with um, dinner this week. And so I, before I even knew her well, I was, I had my kids, I had my kids alone one morning and my daughter just wakes up puking and I've got to take my son to school. And I'm like, I cannot put this girl in the car puking everywhere. And so I had to just hit the neighbor. Like, I know, I barely know you, but please come over. Anyway, I, I took a detour, but that is, you know, I've just been in some pretty desperate situations. And so I have had to ask for help in ways that like old me just would have suffered in with kids. I can't, but what I'm noticing is that some people are asking for help that makes it difficult for someone to say yes. I don't have a specific example, uh, you know, after I just put myself on the spot, but try getting bite-sized when you ask for help. I say that because it encourages you to ask more people for more help versus wearing one person down with a lot of requests or asking no one at all. Asking for bite-sized help helps, you know, build the courage to keep asking. And so, you know, we'll ask one person to help us pack up a five-bedroom house, you know, and help us move. And then when they say they can't, we get upset. We make a Facebook post and we never ask anybody else, you know, anything again. We all see the memes. And I would just encourage you, if you are in that space where you feel like you can ask people for things, promise me that next year, you know, or even next week, next month, you'll get, you'll just start asking for little bite-sized help. You know, I have a bonus here. Maybe you don't know what kind of help you need. Ask someone what they would do in a situation versus asking them to do something for you. That was my bonus. Yes, sometimes it's an app or a phone number you need to solve a problem. And so if you are in a situation where you're not really all that comfortable asking people for help, maybe ask someone how they would handle a situation and maybe you can get something out of that and they technically still helped you and you are warming yourself up for learning how to ask for help. You deserve help. Even if you don't have two kids and one of them puking, you deserve help. In the same way that you don't mind helping others, other people don't mind helping you. And I'm sharing this with you because this is all of the stuff I had to tell myself, you know, after I had the kids, I'm just like, why are you having such a hard time asking people for help when you don't mind helping people? People don't mind helping you. Okay, number four, trying to make it perfect first. This one is quick and simple because I can guarantee you that no matter how much time it takes or how much money you spend, it will not be perfect the first time. Ask me how I know. Because we experience so much of quote unquote final product in the world, we don't think to look back at the journey of a brand or the journey of a person or the journey of a product. So we try to put everything out as a final product. It's okay if what you're doing needs more work. Very few things that exist today are in the exact form they were when they started. Number five, manage your feedback filter. 
I'm going to tell you a story. And I haven't done that in a while. A long, 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 long time ago. Because I don't want nobody calling me. I was asked to give my opinion on something. Not going to say what that something is. I did not think the thing I was asked to give feedback on was at its best. Meaning, it's not bad and it could stand to be a lot better. And I later learned that there was some offense taken. And that just makes me wonder why people ask for feedback when they know they're looking for support. And here's the thing. My feedback is not a fact. It's feedback. Collect feedback. Analyze it to see if there are any common themes and then make a decision. In business, some of my favorite feedback is negative feedback because I know at some point, someone somewhere is going to think the same thing. And there have been times I have a particular friend that I call when I want negative feedback or I want them to poke holes through it. Tell me what's wrong with this so that I can spend the time sort of, you know, making it better. Or even if I'm not going to change it, because I have gotten some feedback that's like, "Mm, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm not changing anything, but at least I can prepare an answer, an FAQ for why something is the way it is and why it's not changing. We got here quick. Number six, let people see you, the real you. The fastest way to get to the front of the line that I started this podcast with is to be the real you. So many people are so busy trying to be the same someone else as everyone else that they're falling into the boring zone, easy to replicate and hard to see. I can hear someone saying, but what if I don't know the real me? I think that's a great place to start. Question some of the things you do, the things you say. Is that even true? Is that still true? You know, do you say things like, I'm not a XYZ person. I am a this kind of person. You know, I was thinking about how many people say they're introverts. And I'm starting to think, are there really this many introverts in the world? Or is that just sort of like the statement uh, when Maybe your preference is to be alone, you know, but you're just fine out and about. Maybe you are actually an extrovert that is socially awkward or maybe isn't the best conversationalist, you know, maybe you get better once you've warmed up, but I really think we can do a better job of managing the labels we put on ourselves. And there are some labels that we could afford to take off and some masks that we can take off that no longer suit you. Did I just say masks? Yes, I did. We put on masks to protect our true selves from emotional harm and lower self-esteem. People can't reject you for who you really are if they didn't know you in the first place, right? Maybe you want to fit in, so you wear your overachieving mask. You want to gain acceptance and praise for doing things perfectly. Or maybe you wear a victim mask to blame the outside world and protect your self-esteem or your bully mask to keep people away. 
you could use your humor mask to keep people laughing at you since you're already laughing, you know, to keep people from laughing at you since you're already laughing at yourself. There's the self-bashing mask that can be used to put yourself down before someone else does. Or the controlling mask. That one's in the perfection bin. By controlling everything around you, it gives you a sense of security. You get where I'm going. The thought of taking these masks off and putting them on and taking them off and putting them on depending on the setting is tough, is exhausting. And I just want to add that I know that as people of color, sometimes the masks keep us safe. But it's important to evaluate your masks and determine which ones you use around which people. If you notice you always wear one in a certain group, try dropping it. Put your rejection jacket on in case you need it and see if these are your people. Everyone is not going to like you for who you are and that's okay. That's not a sign for you to do something different to stay in this group. Becoming a mother has put me in a few new social groups and the main thing that might connect us will be we either have children of the same age in the same neighborhood or at the same school, maybe they're in the same class, you know, and for the first few years of entering these groups, I felt myself trying to form and fit into these different groups and I was just exhausted and complaining about it daily. I don't know what took me so long to drop my wannabe mom that fits into this group mask, but I'm glad I finally dropped it. And now I show up as myself and I know for a fact that sometimes I'm cringy. I know that. (laughs) There are some things that I'm passionate about when it comes to my kids and a lot of stuff that I'm just not. I can show up to this group without pretending to care about things that I don't. I can show up and shut up my leak about the things I don't care about. I can let some of these connections be seasonal. Some of these connections may not be for a lifetime. And I think just giving myself that room and that space has been so helpful. And so I really want you to think about the labels and the masks and the things that you are saying about yourself. Are they still true? Are you really shy? Are you this kind of person or that kind of person? Do you even really need to say that anymore? What new things can you say about you today? Think about it. Let me know. The way to support this podcast is by subscribing and rating it wherever you listen to podcasts. And I thank you for doing that because you are blowing it up and you're getting me there. And I appreciate you for that. If you want more of this, tag me with your favorite quotes on your favorite social channels. And if you want to talk about these episodes with me within a community, go to myleekandmamas.com. Ask me anything in the Ask My Leak tab. And if you want to keep up with what I'm, in, what I'm up to, sign up for my newsletter at mytaughtyou.com. Email me too. If you'd like to work through some things, my email is mytaughtyou at gmail.com. Thank you for continuing to warm up with me. I'm enjoying this. Um, Like I said, still getting nervous working through the kinks, enjoying all this new technology that didn't exist over a decade ago when I started. And so um, I will talk to you later. Bye.